Hi, and welcome to episode 45 of 5 Minutes of Rum. Notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Up the Grove. In this episode, I'm going back to Ed Hamilton's Ministry of Rum collection for Hamilton 86, a very important rum when it comes to recreating classic tiki cocktails from the old days, as well as creating new tiki cocktails for today. I'll also share some new Cocktail Kingdom purchases, including a couple from the Beach Bum Berry collection. I'll crush some ice manually, and finally, I'll mix two of my Tiki Oasis 15-inspired cocktails, the Space Madness and the Escape Velocity. So let's dive right into the featured rum in this episode, which is Hamilton 86. Uh, Hamilton 86 is a blend of aged rums, and it's distilled by the Demerara Distillers Limited in Guiana. So, yep, we're talking about a Demerara rum in the style of Old Lemonheart 80 or perhaps an Eldorado 8 or an Eldorado 12. So you're, you are expecting a full-bodied Demerara rum from uh, Ed Hamilton's Ministry of Rum collection. Uh, some of those characteristics you're probably going to expect or I would expect out of this type of rum, uh, a heavy body, a dark rum, an English-style rum uh, that's going to have some pot still elements to it. Uh, intended uses, I'm expecting this would be uh, primarily for mixing in cocktails. So while it may be something that um, is okay to sip neat, and in fact you may find good to sip neat, I think its intended use is pretty much to go into a cocktail and blend with other ingredients, other rums, other other uh, flavorants, and create uh, delicious cocktails. So uh, one thing to note, if I haven't mentioned it before, and I may have mentioned it in episode 40 when we talked about Hamilton 151, but Ed Hamilton is a very straight shooter when it comes to information about his rums, so it's easy to find information on those rums. Um, there's links in the show notes to both his Ministry of Rum website as well as Caribbean-Spirits.com, which is uh, where there's particular information on these rums that we're going to talk about today, including a PDF that uh, that has a, a bunch of information that you might want to know about uh, not only like where these rums come from, but also the philosophy behind why Ed decided to bring these to market. Um so as I mentioned in episode 40, when I talked about 151, the Hamilton 151, his, Ed Hamilton's driving force was to fill a void left when Lemonheart was pulled from the U.S. market. Uh, he wanted to not just create a replacement, though, he also wanted to make it even better. So all the rum on, if you recall, all the rum from Guiana um, comes from Demerara Distillers Limited. And Demerara Distillers Limited, remember, has a variety of stills, and they're Older wooden column and pot stills are used to produce heavier rums. So your the older rums are going to produce the stuff that has a little bit more uh, body to it. Um, and then the newer stills that they have that are uh, made from steel uh, produce. You know they're they're tweakable, right? So it's a it's a still you can you can do some tuning on it. But by and large, you're going to get a little bit of a cleaner rum out of that. So uh, Ed mentions that when he went to import this rum, uh, it's a blend again, a blend from both column still and pot still. The oldest of the rum that's in that blend is about five years old. Um, and Ed, once he decided on which rum, which blends he was going to put together, um, he then went through the import process. So he brings this over to the U.S. in 1,000 liter tanks, and it comes over at 77% alcohol by volume, and then is diluted um, down with uh, distilled water in uh, Westfield, New York, which is where this is produced. So some of the rum, the 151 rum, is after it's reduced to 151 proof, it's bottled and becomes the 151. And then the rest of this rum that's not destined to be 151 is diluted further down to 86 proof with the same water. And then a little bit of coloring is added to give it a little bit more uh, color. So uh, if you're familiar with Ed Hamilton's Jamaican uh, pot still black rum, it doesn't have the same look as that. That has quite a, well, I wouldn't say quite a bit, but it has more of that caramel color to give it that that look. But this uh, does have a little bit added to it just to give it a little bit more of a darker color because that's what the, um, that's what, people are expecting when they see this type of rum. Um, now, 
um, when he brought it to market initially, it was, uh, and in fact, I think the pictures all have in the show notes are the original bottles, but it was labeled as Hamilton Demerara. Uh, turns out Demerara Distillers Limited has some sort of trademark on the word Demerara. And so uh, the next bottles that come to market will be rebranded with a sticker and you might find it under um, Hamilton 86 and it'll say distilled and aged on the banks of the Demerara River. So same rum, just a different labeling that came with that. Now, incidentally, when it comes to finding this rum, um, I know that uh, Ed Hamilton has mentioned he's expanding his distribution over time and that the demand for the rum has been very strong. And so they're going, they're, they're continuing to bottle it and again, expanding distribution. So ask for it at your local establishment if they don't have it, and then try some online retailers if your local establishment can't get it to you. Uh, here in Southern California, we have the uh, fortunate ability to go to High Time or Beverage Warehouse, and they, they are very responsive to requests. Uh, so I would say just go to your local specialty uh, liquor store and ask for it. And if you can't get it, then you can probably check some of the bigger online retailers. Uh, as I've said before in the past, though, uh, liquor laws are complicated, so I won't pretend to know what can or can't be shipped to you. So hopefully you have an avenue to get it uh, because, it, uh, as I'll get to in a moment here, it is a very, very good rum and one you're probably going to want to stock in your bar. So um, that probably leads right into tasting. So I'm going to grab my tasting notes here. Um, I also did a tasting um, back in February, uh, which I'll get to in a moment, where I kind of compared it to some uh, existing old yellow label lemon heart that I still have in my bar. Um, but let's go through some some standard notes here. So this is the Hamilton 86. Again, uh, like it says on the label, 86 uh, proof so that um, you're going to get a little bit more than the standard 80 proof, but not so much that it's going to you know give you too much of an extra burn. Um, in terms of appearance in the glass, it's a it was sort of a maple sugar brown, a nice dark brown in color. And then if you swirl that, you'll get some some legs that develop very slowly and sort of drop down the glass slowly. In terms of aroma, um, it's assertive on the nose, uh, especially uh, and a little astringent, especially after doing that swirling. Otherwise, uh, I pick up some wood notes and some leather notes, um, and not particularly sweet. So it's a it's a you know not terribly dry, but uh, but it is a sort of a mellowed. You know, after you after it swirls, it gets a little astringent, then it mellows out a little bit, and you get some of that just wood and leather. Um, in terms of taste, uh, medium to heavy body. It's it's very nice. It's not sweet, but not dry like a Spanish style rum. So I get some of that expected smokiness from a Demerara rum that you hear so much about, and a little bit of woodiness, but it's definitely not something that's taking on too much of that barrel flavor. Um, and then you know, as I sort of not concentrate so hard and just see what else comes up, I picked up a little bit of dried fruit in the background. Uh, not that I can tell you what particular fruits, but still, that was sort of the general idea: dried fruit in the background. Uh, in terms of finish, uh, found the finish warm. It definitely doesn't burn. Uh, whatever astringency the the 86 produced on the nose doesn't really make the finish too hot. In fact, I don't find it to be a very long finish at all in either case, whether it's, you know, so it sort of finishes quick and sort of disappears right in the back of the throat. Um, to sum up on this uh, rum, this this actually replaced Eldorado 8 as my go-to for Demerara rum. So for a couple of years, Eldorado 8 was my my go-to. Um, if you have even a passing interest in making tiki cocktails, whether it's classic or making your own, you know, new creations, you need to have a Demerara rum in your bar, um, probably more than one. Um, but this is the one I would recommend starting with in the non-overproof category. So pick up a bottle, make sure you get it. Um, this is your, this is your mixer. This is going to be one of your workhorses when you're creating those, those classic cocktails or making your new ones. Um, now as a sidebar, I did a, like I, I think I mentioned a couple moments ago, uh, in back in February of 2015, when I first picked up a bottle of this, I decided that I was going to get out the the old yellow label Lemon Heart 80 that I still have in stock here at home 
and then compare that to the Hamilton uh, 86, just, just for fun. Um, I didn't see any need to compare it to the Eldorado 8, uh, because when I did the Eldorado 8 versus Lemonheart 80 in episode 24 comparison, I determined that the Eldorado 8 was in the same realm as the yellow label Lemonheart 80, but not similar, similar enough that you would confuse them. So um, I did a side-by-side -side in this, and I'm going to pull some notes out over here um, and see what I picked out. I think where I came out on this was they were actually pretty similar. Um, and then I had a hunch that, you know, this is what Ed Hamilton was going for. It was something similar. And then his notes that I found online sort of backed that up that, yeah, he was going for that. They actually wanted to make it a little bit better. Um, and I think that this was a, a very successful effort. Um, like I said, I, I really, really like this rum and I always, you know, I'm, I'm going to encourage people to pick it up. Um, it's a good English rum, you know, nice body, nice, nice mouthfeel that's going to stand up to the different things that you're going to put into it in a cocktail. It's going to stand up to other rums. It's not going to get buried in the background. Um, and this has really become my standard Demerara rum in my home bar. All right. Now, when you're making all these great cocktails at home, uh, you need to put them in something, right? So whether it's a tiki mug or glassware, you're putting these cocktails into something. Um, and recently I picked up some some new glassware from Cocktail Kingdom from something that they've dubbed the Beach Bumberry Collection. So they previously, Beach Bumberry previously had a couple things on the Cocktail Kingdom site. Obviously his uh, book, Potions of the Caribbean, as well as a Navy Cone, uh, excuse me, Navy Grog Ice Cone Mold. Um, and they've teamed up to create some more signature items, uh, which I'm going to talk about right now, or at least some of them. There's a couple I haven't gotten yet, but we'll talk about a couple of the glasswares here. Uh, we'll talk about the ice cone, the Navy Grog, <laughs> Navy Grog Ice Cone Mold. Uh, I can't even say that one time fast, let alone three times fast. We'll talk about that in a future show. I'm still working out the kinks in uh, how to successfully make a cone on a regular basis. Now, the first up is the Pearl Diver Glass. So this is a replication of a glass that was commonly found in mid-century tiki bars. You can see drawings of it in some of Jeff Berry's previous books. Uh, it's sort of a medium-sized glass that looks like a saucer on top, and then it sets, sits on top of a, a set of ringed columns. There's a picture in the show notes so you can see an example of what it looks like. It's a 12-ounce glass, and I found in the uh, time that I've had it so far to be a very functional glass for any number of drinks, not just the, the signature cocktail for this is the Pearl Diver, which appears on other menus in other restaurants as things like the Deep Sea Diver or the Skin Diver. Um, but I found that this glass uh, pretty much is uh, functional for many, many, many drinks, not just those ones that are uh, that are based on the title of the glass. Anyways, the story on the Pearl Diver glass goes that um, the glasses all but disappeared from restaurants by the 70s um, because of either breakage and people weren't you know, continuing to restock them or people were making off with them. Kind of the same reason why we can't have nice things in some bars these days because uh, people will just take off with uh, glassware, but I digress. Um, I had picked up a Pearl Diver glass a few years ago at Tiki Oasis, but I didn't really use it a lot. Uh, I only had just the one. I kind of liked having it um, just as part of the collection, but I didn't have a bunch. Um, now with production, quote unquote, back, um, I'm happy to use these quite a bit. Uh, they look really nifty and they're dishwasher safe, unlike Tiki mugs. Uh, Cocktail Kingdom sells them in a four pack for $37 and a case of 24 uh, if you're stocking a restaurant, stocking a bar, or if you're just playing fancy. Uh, so I would, you know, I recommend them. They're, they're a good functional glass and they look cool. Uh, they'll probably impress your guests when you serve them a cocktail on that because they do have a bit of a striking look compared to like a Collins glass or a double old fashioned, which again are very functional, but don't really have anything that makes them stand out. Now, the second set of uh, cocktail glassware, although this isn't really glass that I picked up from Cocktail Kingdom recently, and also from the Beach Bunbury collection, is a metal swizzle cup. So this is something I've been interested in procuring for quite some time. 
uh, this metal swizzle cup. This was uh, something that was referenced in uh, cocktail books. Don the Beachcomber liked to use this metal cup in uh, in uh, serving his 151 swizzle. Um, And I actually had never been able to find one. Although, to be fair, I didn't actually try that hard to find one. So uh, they were somewhat scarce and hard to find. And I'm not really interested in spending a ton of time chasing down uh, collectible glassware. So I didn't actually go and get one, but I'm very happy to go to the Cocktail Kingdom website and just click on a button and get two of them sent to me. Uh, that's the kind of deal I can get behind. Anyways, they're a uh, great vessel for keeping a swizzle nice and frosty, being uh, metal and being, um, you know, they, they they chill very quickly in the freezer. So in fact, I store mine in the freezer so that I'm ready to deploy one of these on, on demand. Uh, it's a 14-ounce stainless steel tall cup with a flared top. Again, pictures are, you guessed it, in the show notes. Um, and they're also fine to put in the dishwasher as these are made to be used. Uh, they're 15 bucks each from Cocktail Kingdom. They're well suited to building a swizzle in or you can flash, ban- flash blend uh, your, your cocktail with a spindle blender and then pour it into the cup and fill with more crushed ice. Um, so, you know, I've now bought a handful of items from Cocktail Kingdom. And while they are a little bit spendy, each item has been very well made and I've been very happy with them. So, like I mentioned, they're producing items that are designed to be used by bartenders and used by customers and not just something that's going to look good on the back bar. Uh, I'm certainly not being paid to mention their products. Uh, I pay for everything that I buy for, or that everything I get from them, uh, but I found them to be incredibly good products and that's why I like talking about them. Now, uh, this is a little bit topical because this show is going to come out while I'm at Tiki Oasis um, and a lot of recipes that I call for, uh, that I talk about in the show call for crushed ice. Uh, when I'm at home, that's not really a problem because I can get what I need from my Wearing Pro Ice Crusher. Uh, see episode 19 if you want to hear more about that. But even though it's pretty small, I generally don't travel with the wearing. So I'd rather allocate that space to the juice press, which I find much more useful uh, on the go, and the spindle blend or spindle mixer slash spindle blender. I, I like to have that as well. Now, sometimes in the past for Tiki Oasis and other events, I've packed the uh, Ninja Blender, which can effectively take care of a lot of ice quickly, but even that is relatively bulky um, and it has a sharp blade. So another solution is to use what's called a Lewis bag. A Lewis bag, and there's a a link in the show notes to the Cocktail Kingdom version, uh, Natch, which is uh, $6. But the Lewis bag is a small canvas bag and that's it. You fill it with ice cubes and you combine that with a wooden mallet um, and you will, with a bit of effort, produce crushed ice. Delicious, swizzle-ready crushed ice. Uh, the canvas part, um, you know, the can- the fact that it's made from canvas, that effectively manages the ice bits that keeps them from getting too wet as you crush them because it'll wick the moisture away. So you end up with a nice crushed ice that's relatively dry. And to keep the bag from getting too funky over time, you want to go ahead and run that through the dishwasher and let it air dry. Please do not put it in the, uh, as I've learned, um, the tip from uh, Jeffrey Morgenthaler's bar book, you don't want to put that in the washing machine. I, I don't think I would have done that, but he does uh, correctly point out that you will get laundry detergent in that, and that's no good. Um, now, for the crushing, I'm sure any wooden mallet will do the job. But if you're going to spend time and energy pounding bits of ice into smaller bits of ice, why not do it in style? Uh, acclaimed artist Tiki Tony was recently tinkering with creating a wood mallet for crushing ice, and I'm happy to report, having uh, received one and tested it out, that the results are indeed spectacular. So no plain mallet for my bar bag. Uh, you'll see pictures of the mallet in the show notes. Um, I heartily recommend getting one from Tiki Tony. Again, you're talking about a wooden mallet that you're going to use to pound on a a canvas bag to create crushed ice. This thing not only uh, does the job, but it also looks really cool. Um, And you get to put it, um, you know, up on your shelf and have it look nice when you're not using it. 
So if you're listening to this while at Tiki Oasis 15, either on the Tiki Oasis uh, radio, if you're listening to it on Tiki Oasis radio or just in your podcast app, uh, go out and check out Tony's booth in the vending area and see if he has any of these left and pick one up because I think you'll I think you'll really like it. Now, two recipes in this episode, and the first one is called Space Madness. So Space Madness is based on the papule, which was later modified to become the Nui Nui. Uh, we talked about the papule back in episode 29, which was I think came out right around Tiki Oasis 14. So you're going to note in the recipe there's a presence of Dawn's Spices number 2, although I have it split it out as two different ingredients, vanilla and pimento. Um, but this one doesn't have bitters, and it's a blend of rums. Um, the papule was the actual, the, was the original cocktail and it was a little bit stronger. And then the Nui Nui came after that. And I wanted to, in this cocktail, hit some similar notes and deepen the rum blend by blending two different rums, uh, including the higher proof Scarlet Ibis. So I went through a lot of iterations to get to this point in this cocktail. Um, you know, I dialed back the Scarlet Ibis originally. It was a higher proportion. I tried flash blending it versus shaking it. Uh, tried several different bitters, tried several different sweeteners, whether it's honey, simple syrup, maple syrup, and different proportions of syrup. Um, a lot of tests of small variations over several days. So, so much that I'm pretty sure that I could have a series of these drinks with minor variations and just add a number to the name. So maybe sometime in the future, I'll have a Space Madness 2, a Space, Man- Space Madness 4, et cetera, et cetera. Um, oh, and of course, uh, interesting, not interesting, but uh, important to note that Papule is Hawaiian for crazy or mad. So the name kind of just fell into place once I realized what template I was following to, to uh, create this cocktail. The only problem with that is that I've been programmed to hear the word space madness in a Ren voice from too many viewings of Ren Stimpy in my youth, but oh well. Uh, so the recipe itself, um, it is two ounces of Hamilton 86, one ounce of Scarlet Ibis Trinidad rum, three quarter ounce of fresh lime juice, three quarter ounce of orange juice and fresh if you can manage it, one half ounce of maple syrup, one half, uh, excuse me, one quarter ounce of vanilla syrup and one quarter ounce of pimento dram. Uh, you're gonna combine all those ingredients with ice cubes in a shaker tin and then shake and pour that unstrained into a tiki mug, a pearl diver glass or another tall glass and then garnish that with a lime wheel and an orange peel. Um, in terms of taste, um, I, again, I, I was following the papule slash nui nui template so you get some of those spice notes, you get the vanilla and the pimento, but I didn't use le- uh, didn't use cinnamon, didn't use bitters, and sort of changed up the rum blend. So um, what you're going to get is a little bit of mix on the rum, and a little you'll you know, it'll be a little bit more forward on the vanilla and the pimento versus what you would get out of a a papule or a nui nui. But uh, I I find it to be you know incredibly drinkable, uh, maybe too much so because a couple of these and you're going to be really inducing some space madness. Recipe number two, uh, this is called the Escape Velocity, and this is a variant on a 151 swizzle. So I've been inspired by some recent and maybe not so recent 151 swizzle recipes. Uh, Hurricane Hayward from the Atomic uh, Grog, excuse me, Atomic Grog blog um, has been documenting some new versions on the classic 151 swizzle and some new versions of the 151 swizzle. Uh, And Martin Kate's 2070 swizzle remains, at least in my home bar, in heavy rotation. So With the arrival of these metal swizzle cups um, and the space theme of Tiki Oasis 15 in my head, I felt like experimenting with a, you know, another version, another riff on the 151 swizzle. And this is a swizzle and you will need crushed ice. So if you're on the go, it's a good time to think back to maybe about five minutes ago when we talked about the Lewis bag and the Tiki Tony ice mallet. So that's going to prove to be useful here in a couple seconds. The recipe is one ounce of Hamilton 151, one ounce of Smith & Cross 
uh, rum, one half ounce of fresh lime juice, one half ounce of Demerara sugar syrup, one half ounce of cinnamon syrup, one quarter ounce of orange curacao, two dashes of Reagan's orange bitters, and one dash of chocolate mole bitters. Combine all of that with one cup of crushed ice and then flash blend that for about five seconds. Pour it unstrained into a tall glass or the metal, metal pilsner slash metal um, uh, swizzle cup that we talked about a few moments ago as well. Alternately, you can build this uh, swizzle into a tall glass, either the metal cup or another tall glass filled with crushed ice. And then once you mix that a little bit and it starts to dilute, add more crushed ice and then continue to swizzle that until the glass or the vessel frosts over. Uh, in terms of taste, this is one that I definitely recommend sipping slowly. After the first initial sip or two, it's going to be very bracing. It's going to be very rum forward and very aggressive. But as it mellows out and it starts to go through some of that crushed ice and dilutes, uh, you're going to pick up some of those other background notes from the bitters and the cinnamon and the curacao. So uh, it's going to start strong and it's going to finish well. So give it a chance uh, after that first sip. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. The show links are up on the 5 Minutes of Rum website. That's number 5, minutesofrum.com. The show is also on iTunes as 5 Minutes of Rum. On iTunes, you can subscribe, you can rate the show, you can even leave a review. Every review helps, every rating of the show helps. So uh, if you can, please do. The show is also on Twitter as at 5 Minutes of Rum. So that's at symbol number 5, Minutes of Rum. Please send in comments, corrections, feedback, or requests via either the 5 Minutes of Rum website or on Twitter. And now... Go get some rum.